Hello, good day, good evening, and good morning, everyone. This is another episode of Magic the Final Frontier. I'm Kevin Finkel, and on this podcast, episode number 57, we talk all about the MTG Frontier format, keeping our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. I'm joined by some classics here. Ryan from Tokyo, the cardboard hobbyist. And this is Matt Murday, uh, Frontier Spike, coming at you from Toronto, Ontario. All right, we got the uh, the three corners of the world reunited here. The three points. Yeah. I think you can make a triangle and a globe where they're all right angles. I think it's going to be... A, There's something like gonna that. It's going to be like a super acute angle. You know, it's just like mm. your two points mm. in Toronto and Chicago, and then they're just like... It's like a really thin shard of glass from there all the way to Tokyo. All right. Well, Sorry. this shard of glass is coming at you with an interesting idea that we had. Uh, so Matt, Matt brought us this idea, and he wanted to talk about going through some of the old set reviews we did. So we did a little bit of review on our own, and we talked about things that we kind of got wrong. So ones that we either said were, oh, this is going to be a huge card. It's going to impact the format. It's for sure in the set. And then it wasn't. Or we're going to talk about the ones that it's like, oh, well, this is not. You know, we kind of didn't look at it. We didn't think it was going to be anything big, and that ends up being a huge card in the format. So we just kind of want to, you know, go back, review some of the things maybe we missed, maybe we should have talked about a little more, and uh, just see what we can do about them. Can I go first? Because I think I said so many... I had so many bad picks when I first started doing the reviews. <laughs> I think that's fair. So when did you first start doing the reviews with us? Because, you know, we, we used to have Kevin Hanlon on the show. So I started like around episode 29 or something. I think my first one was like episode 32 okay. or 33, which was the M19 previews. Got it. Great. So should I just go over like my, my worst picks? Like Sure, I think that's reasonable. Did you want to do it that way or did you want to go more chronological? We'll go over, you know, Ixalan, Rivals. Yeah, if you guys want to talk about Ixalan Rivals real quick, you guys do that because you were around when that was happening. Yeah, and you're welcome to tell us anything that you tried out yourself or you thought was going to be good and then wasn't. Okay. So you guys, go ahead. So I'm going to be a little out of order here because I haven't prepared like the <laughs> them in terms of like set order. Um, okay, that's but fine. There's, there's a few big cards I really have. I kind of have to come clean on, where mm-hmm. uh, I, I would say I think I think the the, the most infamous one is probably uh, Vraska's command. <laughs> Vraska's contempt. contempt, contempt. Yeah, sorry. Um, where I kind of had a bit of an infamous uh, grudge and an argument with uh, some prominent members of the UOL community about whether it was a good card <laughs> or not, and mm-hmm. uh, you guys got me. I I was wrong. Mm-hmm. So uh, I shouldn't say. Well, I shouldn't say that actually. Um, I still think it's a bad card, but it's a necessary <laughs> evil. You know, it's it's a very necessary evil. It, That's definitely true. Yeah, it's like a. It complements a very good deck very well. Um, mm-hmm. It'll hopefully be less necessary now that we have Bedevil and we have some, you know, proper instant speed Planeswalker removal. Yeah. Um, but once upon a time, um, Vraska's Command was really the only way Control ever could beat a resolved Gideon, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I overlooked that kind of in my endless pursuit of of uh, efficiency in my answers. Which I think it was a big mistake on my part. And Vraska's Command is a great card. Yeah, it's a solid card. Definitely a good one. Um, from that same set, that is from Ixalan, so you're right on, on point there, starting kind of where we wanted to begin. Um, one that I, 
I'm going to say that I oversold a little bit here from that set is Opt. You know, we really talked about this being like, oh my god, it's, it's, at the time we didn't even know what it would be like in Modern because it wasn't around in Modern. So I think we, we had a very high opinion of it. It ended up being, you know, it shows up. It's a, it's a reasonable card. It doesn't do anything that really wows me. You know what? I stand by that. I think Opt is a great card. I think it's underplayed. I think it does exactly what you want it to do. It's card selection at a very cheap rate. There's not really a... There's a very low deck building cost to including it. And I also think there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of kind of lower to the ground spells matter deck decks in the format that just... Ha they're not getting played for whatever reason. And I think mm -hmm. Opt is an absolutely critical piece of those decks. Well, Opt was so I, in the uh, Jeskai Ascendancy deck, right? So it is in a winning yeah. list. Like I said, it's a playmaker, but it's not like oh my god this is the most broken cantrip we've ever yeah. seen and and i feel like we kind of thought about it that way because it's like oh it's it's a cantrip that's too good for modern mm -hmm. or whatever i mean i don't think i never interpreted and i listened to this episode actually today before the pot this podcast oh, okay. to prepare and i never interpreted what anyone was saying that way i certainly didn't mean it to be it's broken um mm -hmm. but i also think Ixalan was a fairly low power set we're just like we didn't have a, a lot of cards to choose from when constructing our top fives. Um, Interesting. And I think, I, I just thought it was like a, going to be a critical role player in a lot of different type, like archetypes going forward, right? It was the first mm. card of its kind. And I would say still really the only meaningful one mana card selection cantrip. So I, I still think it has an important role in the format. And I think for that, like I don't know, I still count it as my number one from uh, Ixalan. Really Interesting. I feel like I would pick something like Search for Azkanta, which I feel like you sure. know we weren't talking about the ones we did well on. Search but is that's actually... one that I kind of called as being really powerful. Like, <laughs> you know, I made the meme right when that came out. I was like, "Oh, goodbye, Jace. Here comes Search for Azkanta." I was saying it as a joke, but that is end up what actually kind of happened. And I actually, it's one of the ones I was on the wrong side of. So I had hmm. I had said, "Why would you play this when you could play Jace?" Uh, and the answer is that uh, Search for Azkanta doesn't die at a fatal push. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know what? It kind of was a critical mass of creatures, or it was a critical mass of control cards that came out at the same time, so it kind of so made interesting... all of them look a lot better. Sorry. I do think more recent control lists have started dropping search for his candidate, have they not? Yes, they, they've definitely been cutting down on it. I don't like getting rid of it entirely because it's so powerful, but it's not to the point where you can run three copies of it and just be like, oh, I'll mill the rest of them, because if you end up with a hand that's slow, that can really uh, mess you up right now. I do think it is a great card. I, I'm, I, yeah, I, I missed that card absolutely. It was a miss on my part. Gotta get it off my chest now. <laughs> okay, so why don't we go to the next set? If you happen to know anything of it, so this one's I think a kind of big deal. I was just reading something I think posted on the Magic subreddit that Rivals of Ixalan currently has the least cards being played in Modern mm. of any Modern legal set. Like zero? Um, it's not zero, I don't believe, but let me see if I can get the numbers here while you guys talk about anything you you thought was powerful or, or not that powerful. Well, was there anything in Ixalan, the first set, that you had either really been excited about and didn't show up, or the other way around, Matt? Or, uh, Ryan? Ryan? Um, yeah, I mean, during that yes. time, I was starting to play the Mardu tokens, and I was really excited about uh, Legion's uh, landing. I thought that was really good. I thought tokens would take off, but uh, yeah, I was the only one mm -hmm. playing it. <laughs> but I did really well that season. I think I made top eight. That's fair. 
So one card that I kind of missed on, I think we all did, was uh, it, Carnage Tyrant. Mm. Um, and I think the biggest thing we met the biggest reason we missed on it is because we were just so high on Shaper's Sanctuary filling that role out of the sideboard. <laughs> yeah, Shaper's Sanctuary, and uh, oh, did we miss the um, the dinosaur? We, you know, we, we I was gonna talk. Okay, Ripjaw Raptor. I was thinking that was Rivals of Itzlan, but that was the original Itzlan. Yeah, yeah, it was. We talked pretty hard about that card, and it just uh, ooh, four drop. I mean, I actually wasn't that high on it. I thought it was like okay, um, mm-hmm. but I remember outlining its problems where it wasn't, it didn't impact like Cedrano did. It, I still okay. think it's like a playable card. It's just not impressive. Hmm. So, so if you guys are talking about uh, rivals now, um, there was one card that I was excited about. I think I kind of talked to you guys about it, not on the review episode, but uh, on, you know, just like a, an episode like, hey, what, what's, what are you excited about in uh, Rivals of Ixalan? And uh, I liked the Wayward Swordtooth. Cause I think... Mm-hmm. I think Kevin, I think you also were kind of talking about making a deck with Wayward Swordtooth and Tireless Tracker at that time as well. We were both kind of excited about it. Definitely. It's actually one I of, think I was exciting. For me, Wayward Swordtooth is actually one of two cards that I rated really, really highly mm-hmm. um, that hasn't like shown up in the metagame, but that I stand by. Mm. Um, it's, and the, so it... Sorry? I mean, it's a really powerful effect. Uh so I remember saying um, Wayward Swordtooth, like there will be decks like archetypes in Frontier that are born on the back of this card. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think we're there. I think I think we now have the cards to make that archetype. Um, and it's actually a deck I've been playing with a little bit and I've been talking about on UOL. People are probably getting tired of me bringing it up every couple of days. <laughs> um, but it's just like the Turbo Lands, dude, where like you could reasonably go like turn one Dork, turn two Swordtooth, double land, Turn three, uh, double uh, Renegade Rallyer, double land, uh, untap on turn four with eight mana. Mm. Or like, well, see, you're you're you know what you're you're going way too complicated. You go turn two sword tooth, play a, a second land, and then you play two more lands and you place a Healy combo. Boom, turn three. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could, and you could also like, <laughs> like I've I've turned three uh, Carnage Tyranted with that deck as well, right? And it's yes, just like yeah, it just accelerates possible. so fast, and now that we have um, Hydroid Crassus in the format, mm-hmm. it solves a lot of the problems that I had been having with this deck um, back when I first tried to brew it. Which is when you start fetching a whole bunch using Sword Tooth and sometimes like Ramen Up Excavator, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you just you run out of life to fetch with basically, and the whole deck is about just turboing out lands for like Tracker and. And using all this land to get card advantage through Duskwatch Recruiter and Crassus. Um, but hmm. I, I, like from my testing, at least, um, this deck has the, has the Jones to tangle with, uh, I would say, almost all the Tier 1 decks right now. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to stand by the Swordtooth as, as my number one. Um, I think <laughs> it was Ixalan pick. No, it was uh, Rivals of Ixalan. Oh, that, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah it had the Ascendancy. Um, the other card that I was that I also rated number one in this respective review and it hasn't really seen play, but that I stand by, uh, mm-hmm. is History of Benalia. Yes, definitely a strong card and could be seeing a little bit more play. Um, just white aggressive decks are in a little bit of a tough spot and have been for a while in Frontier. They kind of need that removal spell we've been saying. You know, they need some way to just be able to compete. 
yeah. right now they're not competing. Yeah, it's not a history of banalia problem. It's a it's a white problem for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So did you guys have anything um, so else from Rivals that you wanted to talk about? Well, I did want to mention just in general, Merfolk. I know people were very excited about them when they first came out. I was like, okay, people are testing it. They'll let me know how it is. I know a bunch of people were testing it. I was expecting people to play it, and then nobody played it. And I was kind of like, did it just disappear? What happened? Did you guys find out it was bad? Um, I'm still not totally positive. You know, I've, I've kind of tried it since to not much effect, but... You know, there's a lot of good cards in there, and somehow none of them are getting played. I mean, I remember saying at the time that uh, Merfolk are bad, and I stand by that. They just other other tribal decks have it better in Frontier. Uh, I'm looking mm-hmm. at you humans, and uh, I just don't think even Spirits probably is. is I think is a cut above. Uh, yeah, Spirits is one of the best Merfolk. tribal right now. But uh, the, but speaking of Merfolk, one thing from Ixalan and Rivals of Ixalan that I underrated, and I think. I think people still underrate is the Explore package. I've been really impressed with hmm. it. Um, playing and I, I know we've just been talking about lists. this. Sorry. I've kind of felt the other way right now. You know, I've tried it in a few different things, and without the, you know, if you just have Jade Light Ranger and Branch Walker, it's a little bit too light. You kind of need that one extra one. It's the same problem we kind of had in Standard. That's why they added the black two drop. And then it's just a whole lot of cards in order to make Wild Growth Walker work, and if you're on the now, you know, you're on your back foot, you're on the draw, you still are going to just get run over by Mono Red because they'll just kill any of your creatures with any of their removal spells. It ends up not being as strong as I would like, personally. I don't know if you've seen the same. So I have definitely felt that into a Tarka Red, it's like a... A lot of the time, they just can't answer enough of your uh, Wild Growth Walkers. And like if you sink even one, um, one Explore guy after that, it's really hard for them to come back. And I think there's a lot of subtle power um, kind of locked behind these Explore guys, especially in Frontier, uh, because it's a graveyard kind of strategy, and we can actually feed the graveyard and, and do cooler things with the graveyard in Frontier than they can in Standard. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, one of the things I really like to pair them with um, is, like, the Delve Fatties, so, like, Tassiger and Angler. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, they, cause the, to me, the Explore guys lend themselves really well to... Um, kind of going lower in, on your curve, right? Because they let you kind of find lands where you wouldn't mm-hmm. have otherwise been able to. So you can actually cut lands out of your deck to end up just having more gas, right? So it's kind of like a, a subtle, I'm just going to draw better than you kind of power. Um, where the bodies, you know, yeah, the bodies, they don't really uh, hold up to your Grim Flares and your Anifens as your kind of standard mid-rangey aggro bodies. But that mm-hmm. subtle power of uh, a filling the graveyard and b just having more gas in your deck, um, especially if you're going to start pairing it with things like K Command uh, and Liliana the Last Hope, which use the graveyard really well as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's so, quite a lot of power in the Explorer guys that that people yeah, tend to I agree leave with the on the cutting room floor. I had liked them in that kind of deck. I'd been trying a lot of green black aggro decks, but I think that that really morphed into going a little bit more unfair with the dredge decks and those are just kind of a better way to do that same thing yeah it kind of is i've been really liking uh a jund list with those guys um because they kind of solve one of jund's major problems where they didn't have a life stabilization tool um Hmm. which really made a tarka hard 
Um, yeah. Where I think I think otherwise they were kind of the favored mid range deck because they were just a little bit more grindy than like Abzan. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I think especially now that we have Phoenix, which is a really good card, uh, and Chandra's a great Planeswalker to kind of top off with. Uh, and then obviously again, yeah, the Explore guy is kind of solving that problem that Jund had historically. I, I'm I'm very happy with the deck right now. Mm -hmm. I'll have to see where you're going, because now you're talking about double red, double green, and double black in the same we deck. We got shocks, it's okay. Uh, mana, mana is trivial in Frontier now. Huh. Uh, we'll see. Okay, so where's, that's where's kind the double, of the... So in that particular list, I'm actually not running Lily, because I, I want oh, double okay. green and double red. And yeah, you're talking about Liliana is, is where I was thinking. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think Liliana is actually good anymore. I think she's... she's Too many things are good against her now. So sh should I talk about how wrong I was with M19? Sure, why don't we go to... Do we, wait, is, was M19 before or after Dominaria? Was it before Dominaria or after? I can't remember. It was after? I want to say after, Oh, so yeah. we have Dominaria. So there's, there's actually... Okay. I, I, I don't think we we dove deep enough into the Carnage Tyrant for Shaper Sanctuary. Um, I mean, you touched on it pretty well. I yeah, think that's fair. I think we have enough. Because we were... Because me and both Kevins were so high on Shaper Sanctuary... It made our top fives. <laughs> we were like, "This card is amazing. It's gonna it's gonna change the control matchup. Such hmm. a great sideboard card." Um, and at the end of the day, you know, what? yeah, if you play that card, you'll draw a whole bunch of cards. But like, it only matters if you draw cards that control can't deal with, because they're hmm. gonna also just draw a whole whole crap ton of cards. See it. And uh, Carnage Tyrants one of just it's so hard for control to deal with. It should have made my top five. All right, so I know we already mentioned history, but anyway, so let's keep going with some more Dominaria cards that we thought would be pretty strong. Absolutely. Um, I've got a small one. I, I kind of, you know, I saw Yawgmoth's Vile Offering. I was like, that's going to see some play. That's a reasonable card that's, you know, it's a three for one or whatever it is. And uh, instead, Eldest Reborn was just a lot better. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, neither of them sees much Frontier play, but that's one that I'm going to be like, yeah, I took the L there. That, that seems wrong. Yeah. Um, so one of the cards that I I should have rated more highly than I did from Dominaria mm -hmm. was Chain Whirler. It didn't make any of our top fives, and it's just it's okay. shameful. It's shameful to me that Chain Whirler we missed on that. Um, well, at the time there really weren't tokens decks. There, you know, it's still pretty slow for a Tarka. It's hardly a perfect card. I think it it does decently in Frontier, but. It's not. I, I don't think it's breaking anything in Frontier. Uh, I wouldn't say it's breaking anything, but I think it's just super, super powerful, super relevant. Uh, I think, mm -hmm. I think probably the thing that really gets it there more so than the ping. I mean, the ping is important. The ping is great, but I think the first strike is what really gets it there, because um, Atarka has so much burn to leverage with the first strike. It may, yeah. and they're already so hard to trade with because of Soulscar Mage. Uh, it it makes it really disgusting and obnoxious to deal with. Okay, so I I I'm, I I do think it deserved the spot on the top. See, here's the thing. Yeah, I can see it in the top five. There's not a lot else in this set that's like yeah. wowing me. But I mean, also like how many cards shape formats? Like mono white isn't a deck anymore in large part because of chain whirler, right? Like I would say more because of control. I mean control played a big role too it's true but yeah. like mono white doesn't have a good matchup into Atarka anymore which used to be like i don't a, i don't agree with that i think that oh, they still stomp them oh i don't know fink 
it. Well, I've not we'll, we'll seen do some a, more a mono white deck that could take a Tarka anymore. It used to be like a 70-30 matchup. It used to be like the, the Tarka player just scooped, but it... It stopped I don't know. me I from playing s- tokens. <laughs> I, I pretty much stopped yeah, so after Chain Oiler came out. Right about when tokens were going to be born, it just said, no, let's just keep those. Let's keep those on the back line for a while. Like, blowout number 50. Okay, I'm done with this deck. <laughs> so I was really excited about uh, Steel Leaf Champion during Dominaria. Yes. And I think that you know ended what? up Fair. doing pretty well. I think I was kind of right on that. Yeah, I think that's a completely justified excitement. I think it's still a pretty good card. Because like uh, at, at that point, we weren't really sure if, you know, elves were going to... I mean, they were always kind of like a tier 2 deck up to that point, you know, with the shaman combo. And we're like, is this going to mm-hmm. be enough? And I think it did a I'm lot. S- I'm still not convinced elves is there, but I think a 5-4 beater for 3 is pretty mm-hmm. solid. You'd have to... Okay, well, here's one. Here, here's an important one from Dominaria. I mean, you just listened to the episode. How highly did we rate Teferi? That's actually a really good point. We didn't. I don't even think we mentioned him. I mean, we. I know we talked about. Him. I think we talked about him early because he was one of the first things spoiled. But we didn't put him as you know the best card in this set, and it's likely that he is. I mean, you know what? I still have never been all that impressed with him in Frontier. Like he's, he's good, but I've he's never come down, and I have. Like, He's never come down, and I've and I've been like, oh shit, it's Teferi compared with any other control win condition they could have. Like, I'm way more afraid of Scarab God. I think Gear Hulk is still at least comparable, if not better, in most of the control shells. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just... I mean, he's good. He probably deserves a top five slot. Okay. Because um, Especially because I don't think I actually had, like, a real... I think Naru Meha made my top mm. five, which because I was just like, I don't know, <laughs> nothing in this set's good. That's um, rough. Yeah, but yeah, he like, he probably deserved the slot above above Naru Meha, but uh, yeah, I think I just, I, he hasn't done anything like super impressive in Frontier for me. Okay. I, I don't know if I see the same. I'm currently playing Esper in one league, and I'm playing. Uh... Bant Nexus and another, so I'm definitely playing some uh, some Teferi right now. I mean, he's definitely playable. I'm, I'm not a bad card by any means, but like, <laughs> I I hear people calling him the best Planeswalker ever made all the time, and I just I don't I, nothing I've seen gets me there for him. He's he's a good card. He's a good playable Planeswalker. One of the only playable five mana Planeswalkers in Frontier, but he's not like he's not to me better than other five mana plus win conditions for control all right that's that's probably about it that i can see yeah we called a lot of bad cards being bad yeah, i keep forgetting dominaria was before at 19 yeah the only two cards i really i really felt like i missed on were uh chain whirler mostly and just a little bit on teferi because my top five list was pretty bad Mm, yeah. Okay, so my turn now. I'm 19. Do it. Yes, yeah, so I think. Yeah, this this is all you, I guess. Because I remember how bad you guys laughed at me when you're like, "What? Why is that on your top five? So, I did get one wrong. My best card from M19, I said it was gonna be like Elvish Clan Caller, and I really think 
that ended up mm. being a great card in elf decks and it saw a lot of play anybody who played elves was playing that but everything else was utter garbage like i had death baron as one card that i thought was going to be good and like you know no one uh. played zombies <laughs> it seems good yeah um and then like i had like tezzeret i think on there artifice master and and mm-hmm. Nicobolas, and I also had like Sun Cleanser for some reason, thinking it was gonna stop. You know, I respect Sun Cleanser. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's solid hate. Um, it's not super relevant with the shape of the format right now, but I think it. it I think it's like a reasonable could be in the future. So like, sure. Yeah, it could show up, I suppose. But I was pretty much wrong about all of them at this point. You know, like. As, as far as like what it did during that time and afterwards it, it, they've seen like zero play hmm. so I mean like I stand by my, my top 5 from M19 pretty much do you remember Do you remember top 5s because I'm not remembering too many of them and I know I wasn't that excited about so, this I mean, I'll, I'll just list off my top 5 because I have it in front of me okay. right here and I know yours was very similar to mine mm-hmm. uh, I think in fact yours was identical except we had, we had two switched for spots mm-hmm. uh, okay. so my number 5 is Fountain of Renewal um, mm-hmm. My number four is Bolas. My number three is okay. Elvish Clan Caller. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Two is Militia Boogler. Uh, number you, one you, is Bugler, Stitcher yeah. Supplier. Okay, Stitcher Supplier is still totally fair. I think those are mostly those are mostly reasonable. Yeah, I mean, like Bolas yeah. hasn't done much that excites me in Frontier, but there's also like there's not that many other cards to choose from in that set, and I think he's still mm-hmm. like. Uh, you, I would never be offended to see someone play him because I, I do think he's a solid card. Oh, he's such a solid card. <laughs> yeah, and like I think it's I think Militia Bugler is criminally underplayed in Frontier. Mm-hmm. Uh, really solid card. Like even things like I'd really like to see Bant Company um, come back for one. I think it's a good deck and underplayed. And then I also think that like things like you could take Tireless Tracker out of that deck and play Militia Bugler because it's tempo positive card draw mm-hmm. okay and i think you have a lot of ways to generate card advantage and be a little more uh tempo positive in that deck to begin with so so one that i think we definitely missed was that we didn't really think that nexus of fate was anything mm-hmm. and you know it's still only one degenerate deck but that is a deck yeah we didn't... i mean i still haven't seen it i still haven't seen it put up results in frontier so uh okay well then we gotta oh hang on i got a dog on me uh, we'll we'll play some games later. All right, all about right. That. I mean, yeah, you know, it could be the the potential's there. Um, it probably deserved, I would say, the number five slot maybe over Fountain of Renewal. But uh, hmm. but yeah, I think it's I haven't seen it it win yet. So and uh, here here's just a random one, but I was not at all excited about this card, and it ended up for me seeming like it's actually a decent card. It should be played somewhere. Is Demanding Dragon? The five oh yeah, one. yeah. Sorry, you you like this card or you don't? You cut out for me. I do. I I didn't think very highly of it at the time. I, I remember kind of saying like, oh, that's kind of two bad choices. The five five's pretty meh, but you know, it's a pretty strong card. I don't a hundred percent hate it, but I'm I'm still. It's nothing to write home about for me. It's sure. It's a five drop. I mean, it's playable. It's playable, but I'm not. I'm. It's not making any top five list for me. Okay. Okay. I was pretty high on Supreme Phantom as well during M nineteen, and I I think that was actually ended up being i don't know if you guys were so excited about it but that actually being a pretty good card i think yeah i think that was a fair one i don't know that it has 
enough support to really get there for me yet. But I get hmm. raw power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely been popular in the untapped leagues. Hmm. A couple people have been on those Bat Spirit decks. But I was really wrong yes. with Stitcher Supplier. Like, you guys were like, oh, it's so good. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But I was really wrong. Yeah, ended up being, being great. It's like the best card from that entire set, I think. Just Absolutely. supercharged dredge. Mm-hmm. And I think that Rally is somewhat of coming back. I don't know if uh, many people are playing it, but you know that, that card really helps in there as well. All right, so I think the next one is GRN, right? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have a couple big ones in here. I don't know if you guys want to start off, but I can so think of two that I was like, The Ooh. biggest one for me that I missed is Arclight mm-hmm. Phoenix. And okay. it's like super up my alley. And I remember Ryan, at, even during the episode, he was like, wow, this card seems really up your alley, Matt. You must, you must love this card. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I was at a point where people had been telling me Grixis Spells Matter was bad for so long. I was like, I don't want to fight this. I'm done with it. But the card is actually <laughs> so good. Um, obviously. It, we, easy to say in retrospect because it's been an all-star in like every format. But um, I've, I've certainly enjoyed slotting it into the Grixis thing in the ice list. Uh, and it, it yeah. was certainly a significant power boost for that deck. Okay. Okay. I think that's fair. Um, I had two that I think I missed. One of them is Narcomoeba. I think we kind of talk mm-hmm. about it. It's like, ah, oh, there's nothing really unfair you can do with it in the format, so it's kind of boring, but Dredge is just a deck. It's a real good deck. But is Dredge a good deck because of Narcomoeba? Like, if you took Narcomoeba out of the format, I think I think Dredge would be, would be, like, there'd be no difference. I would have a tough time justifying Dredge. I, I think it's a good enough card in Dredge that the deck would definitely feel like it's missing something without it. All right. The fact that it brings back your, your guys, you would be then really lacking on ways to bring back your prized amalgams out her consistency. It would, you know, they're, they're really important to be chump blockers against smugglers copters. So your Tarka matchup wouldn't be as one-sided. So I think a lot of places that would really hurt you. I think I really under evaluated thought erasure. I think that hmm. ended up being like a really good card for control. Like all those Esper decks. Yeah, I, I was, I was big on that, and that is a yeah, really good card. Yeah, it made Fink and I's top, top list for sure. It's an excellent card. Like, I thought it would be all right, but I didn't know how, like... I mean, it, it dominated that season, I think. Um, I'm kind of so, I'm kind of sad that Pelt Collector didn't take off. I don't know if we'd say it didn't take off. I just... There's not a ton of green aggressive decks right now. I think that it's still... A perfectly good card in in Zen Agro. Yeah, I actually think I underrated this card. I think it's a I think it's a top tier one drop. It's an excellent hmm. excellent one drop for sure. Um, so I think you were actually right, and I was wrong about about Pelt Collector because <laughs> I remember being like, ah, it's not that good. Maybe in scales, um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed it in Abzan, and mm-hmm. I think it, it can it can go in any kind of list like that. Hopefully we'll see some kind of green-red stompy with it, I think I think is a pretty reasonable mm-hmm. place to be looking with uh, some of the updates from RNA. So yeah. I, I think it's playable, and I think... Actually, I'm going to back up just a one step here. Um, I actually think RNA introduced a lot of new brew space into the format, um, to the point that I've been saying recently, um, we, we are right now in a golden era for Frontier, mm-hmm. where there's a ton of brewability. Um, 
the kind that I don't think we've had uh, since the format started. I think for a while we kind of stagnated with the top decks remaining in the top decks. Yep. Um, hmm. And I don't think there's anyone that's going to, like, say, dethrone Atarka, right? But I think we've, we've now gotten started getting enough card quality again um, and, like, a, like a, set, a good set of lands to bring uh, the, sh the wedges up to par. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think we're finally in a place where new decks can start to really appear and shake up that tier one, uh, and they're not going to shake it up or to the point that Atarka. Them. Yeah, they're not going to shake it up to the point that Atarka isn't the best deck in the format anymore. But I think we have new contenders. Uh, like okay. you, you can't convince me that curving Mantis Rider into Rekindling Phoenix is nah. a bad plan. Nah. I mean, I prefer curving it into Aurelia, but that's another. <laughs> curving into what? Sorry, Aurelia. Aurelia. Five, five, four. Sorry, it'd be five, three, vigilance, uh, trample, right? I, yeah, I'll I'm not in love with Aurelia, but I we've had this argument before. Huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, here's one that I kind of undersold. I thought that Tristani was just not a good enough card to see any play, and uh, it pops up from here and there. Yeah, I mean, starting to see play in the green-white tokens decks. I mean. Yeah, and, and I think in some of the Sahili lists as well. And I kind of thought about it as like, oh, you know, we just had the Angel of Invention. And to me, I was like, that seems like a better card, no, just all-around no, better no. card. One. But I, I was mostly thinking of it in terms of the 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 decks that uh, it brings it back as a 6-6 six, six and just, you know, when you win the game. Mm -hmm. as The God Pharaoh's Gift. As five drops go, it, mm -hmm. it's better than I expected it to be. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but it's it's still a five drop. Which uh, doesn't beat like a Gear Hulk or anything like, or like a Scarab God, so I can't be too excited about it, you know. Mm -hmm. One of the cards I overevaluated in this set was Ritual of Soot. I thought it was going to take over the spot of Languish, and you guys told me no, 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 Languish is still the best. But I thought it would have seen more play, and it it hasn't really so, seen any play at all. Languish is definitely the premier sweeper. However, mm -hmm. I've come around a little bit to Ritual of Soot um, in the kind of deck where you can, like, maybe you're playing four drops, you know? Maybe you have actual cards that you don't want to kill. Mm -hmm. um, especially because I think I do think more of the format right now does tend towards those low, low curve, right? So if it's a lot of Atarka um, and kind of general aggro, mm -hmm. I, I think Ritual of Soot can be reasonable. Languish is still better, and it, I wouldn't call it a I wouldn't call Ritual of Soot a top card. But I, I I'm a little more receptive to it now than I was when we first we first talked about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else? I feel like I kind of oversold. Uh, maybe you you listened more recently than I have. The um, mission briefing. I still thought that was playable, and mm. it hasn't been. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, which card you cut out for just the name of the card? Mission briefing. The two mana, the blue blue, and then you get to give something flashback. Oh, right? mission briefing! Yeah, 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 yeah. That card's awful for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you did oversell that. I remember arguing with you, and I was like, "Yeah, I I was not happy with it." <laughs> yeah, I think another card that I kind of oversold, I think, is March of the Multitudes. It's a good card, and I you know it has seen some play in like green white tokens, but it's just it's just not that that good in Frontier, I think, right now. I think it's waiting for the right deck. I yeah. think the, the the raw potential is there. Yeah. But but whether or not 
yeah, I don't think it, it the the payoff exists right now. All right, you guys want to talk about uh, Allegiance? So bef- yeah. one last thing before we we get to Allegiance, I think I underrated a lot of the spells matter theme that we had in uh, GRN. So we're looking at things like, I mean, I did say Crackling Drake was pretty good, uh, but I think I mm-hmm. probably should have rated a little higher. I probably should have spent more time talking about it. And then I think we also got some new toys like uh, Radical Idea. I think Radical Idea mm-hmm. is actually a really good card in the kind of deck that's going to want um, a two-mana Cantros, basically, right? I think, mm-hmm. I think you can play them, but it does require the right deck. And I think people are kind of underselling turning card, like dead cards in your hand into not dead cards. I think it's something that people aren't valuing as highly as they should be. Mm-hmm. So just that whole kind of spells matter theme, uh, even with uh, the Demir split card uh, with Surveil. I forget what that's called exactly. Um, ooh, I just had it. It's the Discovery Dispersal. But yeah, it's a solid cantrip that in the late game can provide ways to deal with something like a Carnage Tyrant. So, I mean, I think it's just pretty flexible, pretty good. Um, if you're the kind of deck that is able to consider cantrips, it's one of the ones that you should be looking at. Okay. Sounds good. So, for for Allegiance, I think it's just going to be a, a little bit harder to kind of evaluate just because it hasn't really had a lot of time to be in the format yet. Yeah, I think I called Allegiance perfectly. You think so, <laughs> so far you have? Um, yeah, I think pretty well. Maybe I undersold the Gates cards. Maybe those are reasonable. Mm. Um, and uh, maybe the other one I was thinking of is the Basilica Bellhaunt. I didn't think that card was playable, and it's it's actually decent. Mm-hmm. I, I agree think there's with that. reasonable decks that could play that. Yeah, I think I underrated Basilica Bellhaunt as well. It's, it's the 3-4 spirit that your opponent discards a card, you gain 3 life. Yeah, like it's not amazing. Yeah, like it's, I guess here's the thing. Anytime we see a 4-drop that does something kind of like that, we're like, well, it's not a Rhino. But mm-hmm. I think there's reasons you could not be playing green, right? Yeah. So, it, to me, I think, it's, I think we kind of need to take a step back sometimes and look at, okay, maybe, maybe we're not an Abzan deck, you know, mm-hmm. like... And I think in that way, it is a decent card. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of over... Um, did I show you my... Uh, have I showed you my Esper Spirits list with that guy? You haven't. I'm, in, I'm intrigued. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, so, I'll bring that up. Um, one thing I want to say, like, I said my top five and just immediate regret <laughs> for RNA. <laughs> like, and I do want to say, all the cards on that list, like, they were all... They're all good cards that deserve the honorable mention. Or, mm-hmm. or, like, on that list somewhere, right? So, uh, the big one that I definitely regretted right away was putting Skewer as my number one. Uh, yeah, Ooh, I had that, yeah. but I changed it after listening to you guys. I, I do think Skewer is a really good card. Like, I think, I think, I know Fink's not super high on it, but I think mm-hmm. there's, like, I think it's legit super playable. I think there's, um, it's a matter of time before it, it makes its way into some build of a Tarka and just makes people feel really bad about themselves. I mean, I've seen it in Burn. But, I played against it at a event in Hallelujah the other week, and it was pretty nasty. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense to me. I think I think more Burn-heavy lists with... Uh, shock and, and, and the... Uh, and shock, shock, Wild Slash, and yeah. maybe even Wizard's Lightning. Yeah. Um, I think, and obviously then uh, 
light up the stage. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. And probably the um, the three four prowess. Yeah. Oh, wait, sorry, three four prowess. Uh, the big one, uh, um, the, the, Reveler. Yeah. Bedlam oh, Bedlam Reveler. Reveler. Yeah, I do like Bedlam Reveler. I've been testing a, <laughs> a Bedlam Reveler list myself. I'm not 100% sure. I was using a list that had Treasure Cruise, but Bedlam Reveler might be correct. Okay. Uh, Bedlam Reveler is sweet for sure. Uh, you can go bottom red, motto red or red something else then, yeah, and red green. Yeah, yeah. So right now, I, I just want to actually do a quick like redux of my top five for, for RNA, because I do feel okay. like some of the spots shifted. So my number five, and it didn't actually make my my list initially, was Hydride Crassus. Yes, that one I think yeah, we I think it's like it's, it's such a good um, top end for any kind of ramp list, any mm-hmm. any list that can accelerate. I think it's still... Uh, I think my initial kind of instinct with it was was that we're... Uh, we can't really play it for four, right? We yeah. can't play it as a Siege Rhino because it's just it's not enough. One mm-hmm. one health or one life, one card. It's fine. You you replaced it, but it's it's almost like you can only really do that in a desperation move. So you need a you need a list that can accelerate beyond four mana, which I would say like four or five mana is where the game tends to end in Frontier, unless you're accelerating. Yeah. So you really need to either find a way to get beyond that kind of end of the game, or to be at way more mana by the time that happens we definitely under-evaluated um, and it. obviously the and obvi- obviously the list i mentioned at the beginning of this episode with uh, wayward sword tooth mm-hmm. uh, that, that's a list that i have in mind that does run crassus to great effect and and i think uh has a place among the heavy hitters of the format mm. yeah. oh right sorry i was doing my top five uh so my number four is terramander yeah that, that hasn't okay. really seen any play but i still think it's really powerful I initially had 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 wanted to put it on my top five, um, but like I said, for a while people have just been so hard on the spells matter, Grixis spells matter that I'm just like, ah, it's not worth the fight. Whatever. There's so many good cards in the set, but I definitely think Terramander just has the the raw upside, the raw potential to get it there. I've been testing it in a Bedlam Reveler uh, Terramander list where it's just like super low curve and like mm-hmm. runs uh, like four collective brutality and just like fully maximizes the brutality every time. Um, and it's actually been really impressive. It's been, uh, it's like really quick. A, a lot of, uh, it can get out like a lot of power on the board really quickly and then refuels with Bedlam Reveler. Uh, it, it's, it's super my style. I like it a lot. Uh, I don't know if this one is, is uh, a format heavy hitter like I think the Turbo Lands is. But uh, I, okay. I certainly think Terramander deserves a spot. It's a great card. Mm. Uh, my number three is Growth Spiral. Yeah, that one we called pretty correctly, I think. Yeah, I think it was like my number four, but I think it, it deserved the higher spot. I think it's, it. I've been really impressed in any deck I've thrown it in. It's just the acceleration, um, cantripping is is pretty cool. It, 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 it's a it's a ramp card that doesn't kind of suffer some of the normal uh, drawbacks of ramp, basically, right? Mm, exactly. So I, I'm I'm really happy with Growth Spiral. Uh, and the rest are, you guys know the rest. So the rest, number two is Gruel Spellbreaker, mm-hmm. and number one is Light Up the Stage. No explanation needed for yeah. those two. Light Up the Stage, definitely better than Skewer. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. And, you know, I'm glad that we, 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 we did kind of call it right that we're like, Rhythm of the Wild is something we need to test. We just tested it, and it didn't turn yeah. out how we wanted it. So that, that was sad. That was a sad day. 
I kind of knew it was going to turn out that way, but I was just, I wanted it to be good so bad, you know? <laughs> yes. I think Kevin and I were um, also kind of talking so, about electrodominance as well. We kind of talked that up, but that hasn't really turned out to be that good either. I fucking called that. Just saying. Yeah. It's a reasonable card. It's a terrible card. Garbage. <laughs> Never play it. So, Fink, there, there's, yeah. there is one card we haven't talked about in this list that you need to own up to. I listened mm -hmm. to the episode today, and I made a note. I was like, I'm going to make him pay for saying those things. Which one? Which one? Do you have any guesses? Spawn of Mayhem? No, I don't mind Spawn of Mayhem. I think Spawn of Mayhem is pay playable. But he, yeah, just where? <laughs> he just, he's, he's not, like, fantastic. He's just, like, you'd have, in the, you'd have to find the right list. There's probably a right list out there somewhere. Okay, I'm going to work on that right list right after this episode. What did I say was uh, so good? It wasn't for here? RNA. It would go back farther. Uh, now now it's even harder. Just just give it to me. What's... Blood Sun. Uh... Oh yeah, we definitely talked about Blood Sun pretty. <laughs> yeah, hard. you guys talked that up so much. We wanted to try it in Sahili. <laughs> yeah, everything. It was just like it was broken card. It was the Blood Sun. Yeah, and I remember like all of UOL was pretty high on it at the time, so I'm 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 very gratified with that particular card. You guys can okay, take your, your satisfaction with uh, Vraska's Contempt and the other big ones I missed, though. All right. Uh, so that's pretty much what we wanted to talk about this episode. I think that, you know, we'll continue to self-critique ourselves. We will have another... It'll be a little bit before we have another set review, but those are always our favorite. Uh, I know that we're talking about looking forward towards that new Ravnica set, but... Maybe a little bit early for us to do that episode. So we'll keep you up to date with what we're going to talk about. If you guys have anything that you'd like us to discuss on the show, reach out to us personally or at mtgfrontier.net. We are mtgfrontier on Instagram and Twitter and pretty much everywhere else. So you, it should be pretty easy to find us. Check the show notes. You guys know us. Yeah. And I'm Ryan Schwank. You can find me on Twitter at YoSchwanky or you can find me on my website at www.thejapanhobbyist.com. And this is Matt Murday signing off. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. This is MTG Final Frontier. We look forward to being your go-to source for frontier information online. Your Final Frontier, signing off.